podcast for filthy casuals by filthy casuals. Hi everyone and welcome to Flashpoint episode 105, recorded Sunday, November 1st. I'm your host David Holloway and with me is a co-host whose ability to mow through PAX crowds is second only to a ferret with a chainsaw. How are you Simon? I'm I'm good now that you're writing your own intro gags. <laughs> oh, it's, I just thought of PAX and I, I can imagine, we'll talk more about PAX, but were the, the crowds were probably shit, weren't they? There were a lot of crowds. Yeah. But- worse than crowds but we'll talk about that later and maybe in we hate people because that was sort of our impetus for that was hating people in crowds yes um so yes welcome simon and we're also got a huge welcome to a new regular co-host i feel like i should have some dramatic music or something um so I'm going to keep it a bit mystery for a few seconds longer. So we had some good uh, listener feedback over the last couple of months, both from website contributions and on the podcast. So we approached this lovely gentleman and he was silly enough to agree to hang out with us pretty much most, well, all the episodes, I hope, um, as we put them out from here on in. So welcome to you, Mr. Ben McJanet. Hello, hello, Hello again, guys. So this would be your third or fourth show anyway, uh, Ben? Third, yeah. yeah third, third, I think, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so um, pleasure mm. to have you on board. Um, ben obviously comes from, he, he plays, well, he probably plays more games than Simon and I combined. But um, so it brings another breath of fresh air following in the wake of some very eminent former co-hosts. <laughs> another uh, perspective always is good. Yeah, so. and, and I'm sorry for all the disappointment that uh, people are already experiencing, hoping they were having Ed or Chris back. Yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people would say disappointment for Ed, others would say it otherwise. <laughs> well, that's true. I hate Ubisoft as much as Ed, so that might nice. put me in some good books. Nice. Okay, so let's jump in um, and first start, as we always do, with what we've been playing. Simon, in between packs, what have you been playing? I've made a return to the galaxy far, far away Woo-hoo. and playing some SWOTOR, a reasonable amount of SWOTOR, mostly through the story mission. A uh, bit of Destiny because I could and because I actually wanted to try out this super thing that people keep telling me about. <laughs> See, we'll talk about that. That should be a whole segment on its own. Uh, a bit of Halo 5 just to taste it because I realised, oh, God, I'm, I could, there's too many things to do. I could, I want to focus on this, so I'm pushing Halo 5 back for any significant gameplay. A little bit of Sunset Overdrive, and I'll tell you why a bit later on as well, and uh, finish restoring my uh, little old Halo 3 Xbox 360. So stuck uh, the uh, stuck Borderlands on there and been having a bit of, bit of fun. Nice. And Ben, you've been into some stuff as well. Yeah, uh, as usual, Destiny, it's got its crack uh, claws into me, so I've been playing that. Uh, finally finished the raid, um, and yeah, our team's downed Oryx a couple of times now in the raid, which we're pretty pleased with, and uh, just before dinner this evening, I uh, had a crack, our first crack at hard mode and failed miserably, so we're, we're doing great. Okay. Uh, also been playing some Halo 5. Um, I haven't got too far into it yet, just due to time constraints. And Tales from the Borderlands is the other one I've been touching on. Nice. All right. Um, and myself, yeah, Destiny, so Taken King, and we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that. 
been, I don't know whether it's just laziness. I find my best casual game is StarCraft 2. So I've been doing a bog load of StarCraft 2. I swapped servers from, I, I stupidly originally registered on the Southeast Asia servers, which are an absolute, they're just, they're dead. Wastelands. Yeah, wastelands. So I've swapped over to the North American servers, and even though I've got masses of achievements on Southeast Asia, I've started levelling up and getting achievements there. So that's why. Tiny bit of WoW. Um, gone through a bit of a dead phase with WoW, just, you know, towards the end of that period before the next expansion. Got a bit bored, but doing a, a lot of pet battle stuff. And like Simon, uh, some SWOTOR, although much less in that I've installed it. I launched it. I watched the uh, intro cinematic that was obviously released months ago anyway. Went to log in and it had closed down for maintenance. <laughs> so I was pumped. I was ready to go. This is it. I'm doing it and maintenance. And then I haven't been back to it. So I will get back to it in the next couple of weeks. Which is probably a segue. Let's talk a bit about the Fallen Empire. Um, so this will be a nice, pleasant surprise for all our most dedicated long-term listeners, starting off with some SWOTOR. Um, Simon, what's, what's your take? You said you've done all the story missions, you've hit 65. How, how different is it? Different a beast is it to what it was and is it an improvement? Uh, I'd, ha- I'd, I'd say it still needs a bit of tweaking, but on the whole I'd say that uh, it's, it's, like a, it's like a reboot. That's basically what I'm going to say. Uh, the, the, there are no side quests. Well, I mean, there's one or two here and there, but there's no side quest, so it's even even more linear uh, than the vanilla game was. Uh, the art assets and the just the, the general visual quality of the game has definitely been improved. Uh, uh, that okay. that came through with an earlier an earlier update, so it's it's been around for a little while now, but uh, it's really really does shine through in uh, the Fallen Empire. The uh, Zakul really, I, I don't think I could go back to Coruscant or Cass City now because, I mean, they, were, they looked okay before. Well, Cass City always looked a bit crap. Um, but just the, the, the general quality of, uh, of Planet Zakul and the city, it's, they're taking it up another couple of notches easily. Uh, the sound design is as good as it ever was. The gameplay, I... I was actually a bit surprised by, by the gameplay in that considering I'd basically completely forgotten how to play the class I ended up doing my Insta60 on uh, and was pretty much trying to remember things as I went, uh, seemed to actually motor through the content and through the enemies at a, at a pretty rapid clip. Granted, I was kind of burning through it in, a, in one and a bit game sessions. But, uh, yeah, it... Uh, They've really made it so that it's it's easy to consume. It's almost pre-chewed okay. uh, in the ease of consumption. Um, I did actually find myself thinking a couple of times. I mean, I, I hate getting stuck and and slaughtered by by trash mobs and uh, a boss that I haven't got the patience or the the intelligence to work out how to find my way around. But yeah, they they all went down pretty easily and maybe a little too easily. I'm not sure how much of a how much of a challenge was there, but then okay. it, it's as as we sort of theorised before. It's well, as I said, it's it's a reboot. This, in a way, it's a, a new 
type of game layered on top of the old one. So I think they've made it extremely accessible to people who haven't played the game before. So just, I mean, for those that haven't played it for six months a year, uh, and there'll be a lot of those people, and they're going, okay, well, how different, when you said the gameplay itself, I assume it's the same action bars, you still got roughly the same abilities. I know they've rationalised the abilities over the last 12, 18 months, but it, it, all that stuff looks pretty much the same? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I didn't notice anything particularly glaring yeah, that probably, probably, probably was, but uh, nothing, that, nothing that, uh, that struck my casual eye. Um, uh, what else? The, the story itself uh, and the companions, uh, have, I have seen some complaints about our oh, great companions that we can't, we can't decide to, to take or leave. Uh, and, and spoiler alert, there may or may not also be an, an instance where you end up losing a companion you might otherwise want to keep, uh, mm-hmm. as we know so far. Um, you know, it's always hard to say if if uh, if something's gone for good or whether it's going to come back again. Oh, let's face it: uh, if this was a comic book, then uh, that would be a big yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. But the yeah story uh, setting uh, great. Uh, the uh, the story so far, I've found it very engaging and, and interesting. And it's they've set up set it up very nicely, I think, to to keep keep us wanting to come back i'm certainly going to keep on it so overall i would say uh it's a it's a really strong really strong effort i think the, the bioware austin folks should be very happy with it and uh, with a a little bit of uh, tweaking and a bit of a polish here and there I, I think they've got something that's that should be able to attract plenty of people in the upcoming star wars frenzy if we're not already yeah. right and that, that was my next question. It's going to be fascinating to see what lift, if any, they get from that. I'm not convinced there's going to be a lift from the movie, although if there was ever going to be a lift, that movie should drive it. Yeah. I'm of the opinion I think most people are going to go to Battlefront instead of to Swotor, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I do have a question, though. Do you find that for a coming back player or for a new player that the game is friendly enough for them to get into it? Definitely. You uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have the option, especially if, if you are a new player and you're mm. doing Insta60, then uh, yeah, there's a tutorial that you mm-hmm. can, or t- t- blah, tutorial mode you can put on or off. So, uh, so that, and I decided to have that on just to see how it went. Uh, yeah, it eases you into it nicely. The, uh, the, the missions scale up appropriately. It, it's, you don't feel like you're being led around by the hand. It's... While you're doing all of that, it's very still very engaging and interesting. So, I yeah, I, they put a lot of work into this, and I think it shows. Good. Oh, cool. No, couldn't be happy. I hope I hope it goes well. So, excellent. I shall um, definitely endeavour over the next uh, month to to spend a bit more time in there. And I, I've already rolled my Insta. I got as far as rolling my Insta sixty. I decided to roll a smuggler, which for the first time since beta. So, that should be fun. Um, all right, and then the, the other one that all three of us have spent a serious amount of time in um, is obviously Destiny the Taken King. We won't be devoting anywhere near the time we did last month uh, no. with the roundtable, but just a brief go over. Uh, it's uh, well over a month now in. Um, starting with you, Ben, I suppose how... I know you've just talked about the raid, so you've covered yeah. that off, but just overall how you're finding the replayability and, you know, how you're feeling, you know, you've got um, a bit of experience. 
Well, I'm fine. Replayability is there with the dailies as the more and more little things are being added. Um, if you logged in this week, you would have noticed the Festival of the Lost Souls, yeah. the Halloween events been going on. Um, thankfully, I haven't had any trick-or-treaters come around my neck of the woods. I probably would have beaten them. Um, but the... Uh, the game, they seem to be pushing out something regularly. Um, a couple of weeks ago was the year two version of Iron Banner. Uh, this week we had the Festival of Lost Souls, and this weekend's been Trials of Osiris. Um, last weekend was the hard mode for the raid. So there has been a steady release schedule. Um, will this keep us going till the next DLC? I don't think so. No. Um, but we'll probably get some sort of announcement at the PS Experience uh, Expo or whatever they call it in uh, December, I imagine. Yeah. And just on the Festival of Lost Souls, mm. it's left me really, really cold. I, I picked up the original stuff. I just The level of ridiculousness in that you have to wear this particular mask to do these particular activities, there's no obvious that I saw what the end point was that was made it worth doing. There's nothing. It's all cos- yeah, cosmetic. It was, I just left me totally cold. I've ended up, you know, abandoning those quests. I just couldn't see the point. And, I mean, even if there'd been, I don't know, maybe there are Grimoire cards on offer because I'm a bit obsessed about them, but otherwise I couldn't see why the hell you'd bother. I'm interested to see how they uh, how they work Life Day into it. <laughs> yeah, get some Wookiee Life Day for Christmas. It's, I'm 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 a bit disappointed with it because it just seems like it's all a cash grab for the new um, uh, uh, transaction store that they're putting with the silver. Yeah. Um, you know the the new they put out another new dance. There's two new dances and a new emote. Uh, the new emote was three hundred silver, which is three American dollars. The new one of the new dances was five hundred silver, which is five American, and the other one was seven hundred silver, which was seven American dollars. And you know, I I see what they're trying to do with this store, and yes, it's all cosmetic, but the prices just no too high. They're too high for me, um, especially when you factor in the Australian exchange rate and all that sort of stuff. I mean, yes, you can buy silver ten dollars worth of oh, sorry, ten dollars American worth of silver for so it's a thousand silver, and you'll get an extra. I think it's two hundred silver for that, and if you buy twenty dollars, you get an extra four hundred or something along those lines. I'll, I'd have to look on the PS store again, but when you factor in the exchange rate to Australia and things like that, it's just not worth it. Um, maybe if I was in America, spending American money, I, I, I probably wouldn't mind giving away you know five bucks here or there. But it, I just I just can't see myself no. doing it. No. And Simon, before we get onto replayability, I think we've got to address the elephant in the room. Um, and I'll, I'll try and replicate the chronology of this as best I can. But I know you'll correct me if I get it wrong. So sometime between last episode and now, it was on Twitter, wasn't it, Simon? You, <laughs> you mentioned something about stumbling on the super ability. Uh, and that basically, and I think this is actually really impressive, and I, I promise you I'm not being patronising. I think it's amazing that you've levelled up without ever having used the super ability. Now explain yourself, Simon. How did you miss it? Um, it's because I didn't read the little floaty tooltips that pop up over the uh, the blue 
the blue balls as you as you um, you upgrade. Oh yeah, and <laughs> that's the only instruction you get is super right button, left button, and I just completely missed that. Because I, I still can't believe you got through it. Or the amount of times yeah. the super has saved my ass. Oh yeah, leveling up. So to actually do it, I know you joked about you just found found the good cheesing spots or whatever. But I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. That takes serious application to get through without using your super. Well, what, what wasn't it? Didn't you say it was when you were doing the new subclass quest for your was it your warlock or your hunter? As uh, the the hunter, yeah. Yeah, and you didn't use the new super once, and it's on like immediate recharge as well in that section. How the hell did you get through that section? I have I have no idea because you're just getting swamped and swamped with um, uh, Vex, and I I was just shooting arrows at him every five seconds, really. Um, I'm the master of hit and fade. <laughs> that's, that's, really, that's really what I do. I just sort of. Uh, Throw a, throw a few punches in, then duck back, then throw a few punches in, and just if there's there's a few alternate corridors in there, so you can kind of um, flank them. So oh. that's basically what I was doing. Because I know, flanking. I always remember in WoW there was one or two people, or there may be more that have leveled up from zero to I think it was eighty at the time or eighty five, without actually killing another thing. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've, this is nearly the destiny equivalent of that, leveling all the way up without using your super. I wonder how many, and Bungie mm. would know, how many people have actually done that. I doubt there would be many. Well, Vault of Glass was, not Vault of Glass, the Black Garden was the only thing that um, sort of screwed me. I just, and I just wasn't, I just hadn't figured that one out in time. But, yeah, um, well, maybe the soup is just not quite as essential as you thought it was. Yeah, obviously not. <laughs> no, no, it's very helpful, but I'm um, colour me impressed. That's that was yeah, pretty impressive task to get that far without using it. And and I, didn't, I was doing it, so uh, I'm not sure how impressed you should oh. be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've and you've enjoyed the time last the past month, still enjoying the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, I mean, the the added colour and texture that's been introduced with uh, just the the added storyline and uh, having Cade uh, there is just... uh, And some of the interesting thoughts that are floating around about whether who Cade might actually be if there's more there than we perhaps initially thought. So, yeah. Do you think he might be a certain Russian that likes ballet? It's, It's entirely possible. Ooh. And also, there's the uh, the, the uh, delightful little bit of information in one of the, the grimoire cards about how um, how the the egg that is the traveller got that big crack in its butt, and who might have done that? Oh. Why they might well, have done that? Actually, uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned uh, K six and his potential of who he might actually be. Um, there was a Kotaku article about. What was it? Two, three weeks ago, I, yeah, yeah. I posted it on Twitter. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's about the messy story that is Destiny and how it was, it all came to be, and how it all got chopped and changed and everything like that. But they mention in it about an EXO that happened to be a certain Russian war mind that we happen to love um, that was being controlled by the war mind, and mm. that the original story was you going to find him and things like yes. that. So, hey, very might 
in Cage Six might might very well be the replacement of that because the original. I bought the uh, Destiny art book uh, this week while I purchased Halo Five, and there is a picture of the original Hunter Vanguard who was a human originally. So maybe maybe they've changed it so that it is that uh, that certain EXO. That's the thing, isn't it? We don't we don't know how much of the story is going. I mean, there is an awful lot of story. There's an awful mm. lot of lore, and we don't know what may or may not work its way through from the the uh, the the, uh, the supercut. Yes, the original version. That's right. And uh, and this new version. But uh, if they've got any sense, and I actually don't have any enormous quantity of confidence that they do have any sense. But with a bit of luck, some of the, some of the the depth will work its way through. If not in this version, then in Destiny 2, although from the sound of it, uh, I mean, all of the content that we've seen in the game so far came from um, the original Supercut, and it's just still being mm-hmm. eaten. There's yeah. nothing we've seen so far that's new um, or yep. has been created new. This is all old stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of, some of that stuff is also being been pushed into Destiny 2 as well. So, well, e- even if if the rumours are true from that Kotaku article, even the um, Dreadnought was originally the end game section of the um, original cut of the game right. yeah. that they've reused now for the Taken King. Um, so maybe that promise of Europa, which I spoke about last episode, you know, maybe that might come true. Yep. Yes. Yeah, there's a, there's a few locations that uh, I I think will slowly once they figure out how to how to uh, mm. sticky glue a a, a storyline onto it, or at least justification. I, I think we'll get to see all of it eventually because yes. yep. it's the assets. But um, it's interesting. But um, just on the article, which I, I think we should probably put we the link. We will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to admit, to be consistent, I was um, ragging on the escapist, uh, which is uh, not a, a news, or at least not now, uh, is mm. not a proper news website. Uh, and what its attacks on Star Citizen uh, and its use of anonymous sources. Mm. Uh, so I also feel I should mention that, granted, uh, Kotaku and uh, Jason Schreier have got far better reputations mm. than, uh, than the aforementioned people, but still they're using anonymous sources. So you also, when you're reading this, also just keep in the back of your mind that what... What is the agenda for some of the people leaking this information? Yeah. So there may, I mean, there may be an agenda here. There may not be. Hard to say. But you know, just doubt everything and yep. investigate everything. Well, he did. He did say some of them were past employees, so they could probably very well have gone back to three four three and working on Halo again. Um, but they, he did also say that some of them are current employees at Bungie. So. I can understand why he's keeping them anonymous as well for the fact that these people might be in fear of losing their jobs and then getting blacklisted from the industry. Yeah, but so far no noise from Bungie. Nothing. Not a response at all. Which is interesting in itself. I'd like them to actually come out and say, hey, yes, this is what happened. But um, they've, they've, they've lied and obfuscated all the way through this. So Yeah, they tied themselves up in the knots. Yeah. All right. And- I'm going, to, I'm going to call it quits on Destiny there because I don't want it cool. to become a Destiny podcast. But, I mean, sure. extremely briefly, replayability, I'm enjoying it still, but just starting to get a little bit bored because not being part of a regular team for the, the raid, I'm, I'm starting to run into some boredom, but overall still loving it. 
Um, and just to flag for those that might be debating giving up on the podcast for this episode, we do ha- have a competition after the next segment. So um, do hang around for a little while longer. And it's not steak knives. All right. PAX. Be cool. PAX. <laughs> PAX Australia finished up, well, today as we record on the Sunday. Um, Simon, I know you put in a solid day. Was it, it was Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, I just go on the Friday because the, it's free of families and yes. uh, generally a little bit more civilised. Although uh, you, you hit the uh, some of the, the uh, teething problems. But yeah, packs, bigger, better, longer lines. Yes. Much, much longer lines. Uh, I started the whole thing off after doing a bit of a recce going to the Warren Spector uh, keynote. Now, Warren Spector, as you may or may not know, is... Uh, Phil's prop- brother. Thanks, David. <laughs> Sorry, that's for our older listeners. Much older. Um, there's uh, probably best known for Deus Ex, but he also co-produced uh, Ultima 6, Wing Commander, Ultima Underworld, Ultima Underworld 2, Ultima 7 Part 2, Serpent Isle, System Shock, that was a goodie. Uh, Wings of Glory, Bad Blood, Martian Dreams, and others. So, and uh, also worked with John Romero at Ion Storm, which mm. is, did uh, Deus Ex, of course, and also oversaw Deus Ex into Civil War. So he's a guy with um, some fairly, fairly hefty, I think it's fair to say, credentials. So he was basically having a, a good old chat to us about what he loves best. And what he loves best is games that, well, the simulated worlds. Um, so basically a world in which you can, your choices matter and you, you have flexibility. So not, the, not an uncharted game where basically you, you have to go down a pretty corridor um, and arguably a bit like Swotor, down a pretty corridor. Something that's really intensely story-driven. Um, it I suppose, it, although he didn't mention Metal Gear Solid, the, the current version, the new one, where there seem to be a number of different things you can do that I've, I think would qualify as emergent gameplay. Well, some of the examples he gave was, uh, I think it was with Deus Ex, they had their testers go through and shoot everybody, and they had them try and go through shooting nobody, but there was two p- critical points where they um, they thought you had to use guns. And then once it went out in the wild, as it does, uh, someone played through the game without shooting a single person. So that's what th- this is the thing that, that tickles him, is games that are more physics-based uh, rather than QTE. So you actually can do things that the game designer didn't necessarily anticipate, envisage, or even plan for. So it's it's very interesting because it's most of what he's talking about, and there's a lot of uh, experience and anecdotes in here. Um, and if anyone's interested, it's not the greatest recording, but I did record the the talk, so uh, I'll be uh, there'll be a, a link on. Where would the link be, David? Well, I was going to say if you actually send it to me, I can put it at the end of the podcast. Uh, probably better to do it separately because it's it's about it's about forty forty five minutes. Okay. Uh, but anyway, if, if anyone's interested, uh, the audio quality is not great, but it, you can hear what he's saying clearly enough. And I think it's well worth the listen because 
the things that were true then and the things that he he talks about it's it's all very relevant and in fact it seems to be something that that's happening more and more if you exclude the whole concept of anything done by david cage and and you really should so that was well worth it isn't i encourage you to give it a, a well, what we'll actually do is we'll release it as another flashpoint as a pack special edition. I'll do a bit of an intro and we'll be all good. Okay, cool. Uh, also got to try briefly, unfortunately, uh, the Valve HTC Vive. Now, there's a, a local company there, and I've got their name here, and I've got to unlock my phone again. God damn, I wish I could change that. EarthlightVR.com. They're a local outfit. They'd only started working on a simulation about 10 weeks ago. Then um, two weeks ago, Pac said, hey, you should, you should come over and, uh, and, and have, a, have a booth. So they basically did their level best to get this thing together in basically three months, which uh, I thought was quite remarkable considering how good it looked. Now, unfortunately, they did have some issues as, as Sony did. Uh, with their devices, the because both obviously the Sony VR uses the Move and Vive uses whatever the hell they call their marital devices, and uh, the the whole Wi-Fi spectrum and Bluetooth whatever was so choked in that venue that uh, the they they turned into they were unusable basically they were lagging out so badly. So I didn't get a, a full experience with it, but what I did see looked very good. You, you uh, got to um, uh, you were an astronaut in the International Space Station, and you could move your hands to. You started off in an airlock, and you could move your hands to the rungs of a ladder, grip them, pull yourself up, grab the next one. There were the, these handheld. I don't know what you what would you, what would you call them, David. Uh. The, the actual things on the hands. We call them dongles. I'm, I'm not sure what. Yeah, they... uh, like the haptic device. Well, no, they're not haptic devices because you weren't feeling the pressure. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I have no idea what they're called. But anyway, so the the digital extensions of your actual hands. Yeah, that's good. You got to pull yourself up out of the space station, and uh, because I didn't know what I was doing, I basically ended up launching myself into low Earth orbit. Uh, but. Uh, but very interesting, and the uh, the vibe itself, I have to say, is uh, is remarkably comfortable and remarkably lightweight. I didn't once I started taking notice of what I was seeing, um, and I there was as you remember from uh, the what was it the the DK one I think we tried uh, at the first PAX yeah, Oz yeah. screen door because it was seventy seven twenty p I think. Now these are at least ten eighty p, and I didn't didn't notice it. At all, so that worked really well. Um, yeah, not as long as I wanted on there, but good. I uh, got to try have a look at the steam machine. At the, oh yeah, at the uh, um, shit Alpha Alphaware. Is that what they're called? No, the the Dell outfit, Alien Alienware. Oh, Alienware. Alienware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alpha. Yeah, uh, the steam machine. God, I'm just so screwed up today. Sorry. <laughs> and but more importantly, I got to try the Steam controller. Now, you know the one? It's the one that looks a bit like an owl with the uh, the sort of the, the pressure-sensitive clicky pads. Yeah. And that was interesting. Um, All reports I've heard on that have been people are pretty disappointed with it. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that 
it took a little while to get used to, but I was getting the feel of it after about five minutes. Uh, precision control, no. No. Yeah, I not, didn't think so. It's not, it's not going to replace a regular, um, a regular uh, controller or a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. You want precision, mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Uh, if you want a bit of precision, then get a Xbox One Elite controller. <laughs> Now, there's a controller I've heard very good things about. Yes, and you will continue to. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, actually, I'll get to it now because uh, that's the next thing I've got on my list here. Uh, so Xbox had a... Segway. Uh, yeah, Segway. <laughs> Not happened. Uh, got to try a few things. Got to try Cuphead. Now, if anyone doesn't know what Cuphead is, it's uh, it's basically an old-fashioned um, scrolling shooter. Well, it's a bit of everything, it, but it's it's very old school. It's an old but, school platformer, really, isn't it? it? Yeah. 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 It mixes things up a bit, but that's essentially what it is. And it's tough, but it's also incredibly cute. Uh, what they've done is instead of, uh, instead of sprites or, or any of that sort of, any attempt to look 8-bit, what they've done is they've gone for 1930s Disney or something very similar. So all of the elements in the game are hand-drawn, hand-painted, and hand-animated. It's remarkable. And I have to tell you that a lot of games like that, I tend to sort of have a go at, get creamed regularly. Yep. And then think, oh, yeah, it's, it's nice, I'm, but no, I'm not interested. I actually found myself, oh, I, can, I can beat this, I can do this, I I'm not sure what it was, but the, the game, not only does it look great, but the gameplay is so solid that it actually does pull you in and, and keep you going. And I haven't had that with that sort of game in a very long time. So that was interesting. Uh, Tomb Raider got to have a go at Tomb Raider. The, all of the controllers in the booth were the Xbox One Elite. That's the uh, $200 controller. I really had my doubts as to whether a controller could feel like two hundred dollars. Yeah. I'd say it feels like two hundred and fifty, three hundred. It, God, that thing is just—it just oozes quality. Um, the the control sticks snap back to a center position really confidently. I think is the way. It's not aggressive. Uh, there's there's no pull, but it's uh, yeah, it's just a really nice piece of kit. So, did you, get you try off- the hair triggers out as well? No, no, uh, okay. no. In the demo, I didn't have a lot of time to try and customize. Exactly. Yeah. Most I could do was invert the uh, the Y axis. Yes, I'm in invert. Get over it. <laughs> uh, also, got to try We Happy Few. Now, oh, really? Yeah. So again, that's. I I think what they've done is they've uh, the field of view. They've just really pulled it out, so it's you can get a real uh, fisheye effect, which I. Th- think it's intentional because it's quite unsettling and the game itself is massively unsettling uh the art style yeah, yeah it's it's like it's like it, you saw it and yeah i would have to say that that's that's going to be well worth a look it's uh, it's intensely creepy and the bioware cross with clockwork orange still holds i still can't think of a better description right. And and so sorry, stupid question. I know you've answered before. Is um, it out yet, or still to be released? Still coming. Hasn't yeah. been released yet. No release date that you're aware of. Uh, no, no, but I haven't checked either. So no, that's okay. <laughs> just just 
on, quickly on release dates, was there a Cuphead release date? Because they were saying end of this year back at E3, I think they were. I I don't know if there's a release date. I shouldn't. I should have asked. But it certainly what I what I could see. It certainly looked like it was. Looks gorgeous. It really does. Oh, it, it's really quite stunning. Yeah. Um, PlayStation was there for the first time. Um, biggest booth of anybody. Uh, part of that was because they had the PlayStation VR set up a dedicated Uncharted 4 play area, uh, both of which had insane lines, which moved really slowly. I was queuing up for PlayStation VR for about an hour and a half, got round, wait more, I think we were about halfway round at that point, and we were told it was going to be another hour and a half. Um, when I saw them bring in some nonce from uh, the press or the media and then started faffing around with uh, getting a, a custom demonstration and setting up, yeah. I thought, okay, Sony, clearly, once again, you proved that you really don't give a shit. Um, I'm going to go and get myself some Indian because I'm about to fall over. So that's what I did, and I do not regret it. I did see what they were displaying because they, their move controls weren't working because of the same reason that the Vive was having issues because of just the, the, the spectrum being flooded. Uh, they were just basically showing people the shark cage demo, which I've seen. Uh, I, I get it. I don't need to look. Um, so, yeah, uh, pity I would have liked to have tried it, but eh, what can you do? There was only two of them. There's not many of them in the world, and uh, so only basically just totally under-anticipated. Yeah. Uh, what they didn't under-anticipate was... Uh, Star Wars Battlefront. They had massive screens going, blaring away with the trailers and uh, and so forth. Uh, plenty of places to sit and play. So that was, yeah, it was a, a pretty impressive um, outing by Sony. Uh, obviously, though, they don't have any games coming up for the holiday season. So basically, they're making no. as much noise as they yeah. can try and, uh, you know, uh, abuse that. Mm. Just so people don't notice. Uh, speaking of light and sound, of course, there are a ton of RGB mice and keyboards from everyone from Logitech to Corsair and so on. So, yeah, there's, there's plenty of plenty of hardware porn. Um, some absolutely spectacular liquid-cooled PCs. And uh, one thing I've, I'll mention just as an ender is uh, some a company called Games, G-A-E-M-S, have put out a, basically it's a hard shell case with a, a monitor in there, either a 15 point Oh, yes, I've heard of these. Or a 19-inch 720. So they're both 720, but that's okay because they're small screens. Mm. And basically it's got enough space in there for you to put any console other than a PS3 fat. Anything else will fit in there with space for controllers, uh, power bricks if the if the machine you're using has got those and and all the cables and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, had a go with it. Really was really tempted, but couldn't justify the the, the three hundred for the smaller one or the four fifty for the large one. But so sorry, it's a case wait, with wait, a monitor built in. It's for the monitor built in. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait is that three hundred or four fifty Australian? A uh, three hundred Australian for the fifteen point five and four fifty for the nineteen inch. That's cheap. Yeah, it was it was really good value, but I couldn't. I, you know, oh no, no, I can understand that. I was just thinking that's, you know, wait, that's Australian prices. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, so perfect if mm. uh, if you want a game and the the big TV's tied up, or if uh, if you go 
guy out in business a lot. Uh, FIFO been, workers. Oh God, I want one already. Yeah, it's but if uh, you were, yeah, if you were a FIFO worker, that would be a godsend for working out of the mines. Oh, uh, you're a gamer as well, obviously. Yeah, no, it's it's a really it was a really awesome piece of kit, and the case was good and hard. There's a nice a nice thick foam pad for the console to sit on, mm-hmm. so it's spared too much in the way of shock. Uh, uh, nylon webbing to hold everything in place, so it doesn't rattle around. Uh, yeah. Well worth looking at if you're in the market for a second screen or you need basically a portable gaming system because that's what this is. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put a link on, in the appropriate place for that. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about packs. Cool. No, that's good. Thank you. And as I said, we, we will have episode 106. We'll have that come out in short, short duration um, just with that roundup. So that would be like the interview, sorry. So that would be great. Um, thank you, Simon. And then, uh, well, let's talk about the competition. So thanks, thanks to Simon being on the spot. He's managed to secure for our much-esteemed uh, Flashpoint listeners the ability to win a copy of Sunset, Sunset Overdrive um, but for Xbox One. So I'm s- sorry, Simon. No, no, I was just, I'm just validating what you said. Yeah. So um, you need to be an Xbox One owner, which I'm sure a lot of people are. So, yeah, we, we, we talked amongst ourselves and thought the competition would be um, either via Twitter, which you'll get the wrap at the end, um, but the Oceanic Gamer is the Twitter handle, our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash the Oceanic Gamer, or on our email address, which is contact at oceanicgamer.com. We want to know in... 140 characters or less, so to, to fit Twitter. But, you know, in 2025 words, we're not going to be super fussy, but just in a fairly short, why you would like to win the Sunset Overdrive copy and the funniest or most innovative or witty answer selected by all three of us, um, we'll get that sent to them. Um, open to all. I'm going to go out big here. Open worldwide, not just to Australian listeners. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I'll pay the pasties, that's fine. It won't cost that much. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like to do that, jump on any of those mediums. So the email, Facebook, Twitter, um, we would love to hear it and um, we will announce uh, the winner next episode. When I say next, not the pack special one, but 107 um, and read out the winning entry as well. So... We're not open to bribes. We will keep it, you know, unbiased. you just got to trust us at the end of the day. Yeah, we'll we'll take the bribes. Doesn't mean we'll give it to you, though. No, that's right. I, I will just mention, though, it's a promotional copy, so it's the proper game disc in a proper Xbox One box. It, it just doesn't have the uh, the printed insert. So, uh, but Are there I'm any supers? Are there any supers on Sunset Overdrive? Because people might miss them. In Sunset Overdrive, it's all supers. <laughs> all supers all the time oh yeah and as far as bribes I, I, I will put this um, I know it's not a matter of getting points towards a base I say we'll, we'll give 10 entries to the person that buys an Oceanic Gamer t-shirt on the link in the show notes but that's not oh, fair I've because... already got one. Oh, oh have you yeah seriously 
Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, oh, oh. actually, I bought it. I bought one of the. Uh, I changed it to a singlet, but I've got the same logo on it. I need to check because I never got notification we've sold a single one. So you've just made, <laughs> my, made Simon's of my year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I bought that ages ago because I needed another singlet to wear the gym. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and see, we didn't even bring you on as co-host. See if you oh, look. Look at that. That's great. There you go. How about that? Um, so yes, look forward to getting some entries for that. Um, and speaking of Xbox One, let's just talk briefly, Ben, about the new UI. Uh, yeah, well, I will keep it very brief because um, I've only had the new UI uh, courtesy of the Xbox preview program for the last week or so. Um, so I haven't had a good chance to play with it. But if you have ever used the Xbox One UI, the current one, um, You'll know that it's a bit of a mess. Um, it is nowhere near as the quality as what we should expect from Microsoft, especially after how well the Xbox 360 UI worked. Um, and that's when you're comparing it on a console to the other console, being PlayStation. The PlayStation 3 one was pretty rubbish. Um, but the new Xbox UI, uh, it's based on the Windows 10 um, software. Uh, so streaming to and from your Xbox to your Windows PC, uh, very, very good. Um, now, there is a little bit of latency, so if you're playing a shooter, you might see a bit of latency, but I tested it out both with Gears of War Ultimate Edition and uh, Rayman Legends. Rayman Legends being a platformer which has a little bit of rhythm base to it, I was still able to knock it out of the park quite easily. And this is obviously going to depend on your home network setup, but uh, Gears of War, I noticed that a little bit more with the shooting and everything as well. Uh, that little bit of lag does affect the gameplay. Um, the new interface is much, much cleaner. On the left-hand side, you'll see there's lots of little um, icons you move across there, and that's where all your friends and everything, you can see it all without actually having to go into another app, which is brilliant. Um, when you want to snap things now, because the Xbox has got that funny little snap feature um it'll actually come up saying hey what do you want to actually snap and it'll give you a list of stuff before it actually snaps anything uh, which is quite nice um and the whole interface it just feels a lot cleaner a lot smoother i'm still getting used to it and trying to find things i mean even still redeeming a code because the new codes now um they've got well instead of with the connect you had the QR code that you could flash in front of your connect. I love they've, that. I love that as well, and they've done away with it, sadly. Right. Um, the new codes that I've got in the last couple of games I've bought uh, just haven't been QR codes. So you've got to enter them manually. But to redeem a code, it because you only do it once every two, three months, whatever it may be, you sit there go, redeem a code, Xbox, redeem a code, Xbox, do this. You, you're trying everything under the sun. You're trying to find it in the menus. Eventually, I did find it and I found, oh, it's user code, you have to say, you know, not redeem the code or anything like that, even though the website's Xbox One dot slash redeem or something. Stop looking um, Ben. Sorry? Stop looking for consistency. I, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, so far, so good. I'm yet to try out the, the Xbox uh, 360 backwards compatibility function yet. But I'm hearing very, very good things on that as well. Um, apparently, playing games, anything from Microsoft Studios, according to Microsoft, will be 100% backwards compatible by the end of the year. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's looking very good, very promising for Xbox. Very good. Um, so we're on to the last two things. Um, 
I don't think I mentioned this to either of you guys in, in the lead-up to this, but I stumbled across a... Well, it was on Netflix. It was on the front page of Netflix this week. A little 30-minute short movie called Kung Fury. Now, either of you heard of it? Uh, Name rings a bell. And Simon, sorry, that that was a no? Uh, No, I've heard of it. Yeah, okay. So it was done via Kickstarter or crowdfunding um, by, I think it was a Swedish team. So I I hadn't heard of it. I think it was officially released in May this year. And it is free on YouTube. I'll I'll post a link. Um, And I did send it to our um, ever-loving listener, Gail, um, who loved it to bits as well. I'd argue it's one of the best 30 minutes of TV or movies that I've ever seen. It is just gold from start to finish. I don't want to talk too much about it it because I don't want to give away some of the coolest parts of it. But it's essentially set... It's a bit of a time travel... uh, story but very heavily set in the 80s and the level of detail put into uh, the 80s stuff, the computer stuff, the gaming stuff, it heavily revolves around uh, going back in time by hacking time using these old computers. Mm. It's just anyone that loves games, the 80s, uh, dinosaurs, Nazis, um, Viking stuff, it's just... There's so many memes and uh, storylines and 80s references mixed in there in half an hour and it doesn't fall over once. It is funny from Studfish. I've watched it, I think, four times now and still, you know, finding little bits and pieces that are funny as. So couldn't recommend it highly enough. Free on YouTube or if you've got Netflix, obviously it's on there as well. And getting, I think it's still got a five-star rating and it's one of the most popular shows on Netflix at the moment. And all done for about $630,000. Oh, is that so you, that was what the budget was? That's incredible. That's oh. what that's what they, they did it for, yeah. And please tell me, please, I haven't Googled it yet, please tell me that they're planning a sequel or they've been so inundated with support for it that they're going to make a feature-length movie or something. Uh, the, I think there was plans to do move, a movie if, uh, if they had enough pledges, but I don't think it quite got high enough for that. Okay. I think if they threw it out there again... And I, I was devastated because, it, as it came out in May, they even had a, a soundtrack... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to give even that away, but the soundtrack is incredibly 80s. And, and note who's singing the end credit songs, uh, end credit song. And then after you watch the movie, you can actually see the official video clip for the end credit song, and it becomes very apparent who's singing it. Um, it was available on vinyl, but the vinyl is sold out. I'm devastated. Yeah, just just a hint. The uh, the singer is very popular in Germany. Oh yeah. So <laughs> no, nah, look, I just yeah, I I could watch it another two times tonight and not get bored with it. It's just absolute gold. So please do watch that. Given it costs nothing. Uh, no Man's Sky release date announced. Was that you, Simon? Uh, no, but I was just going to quickly add that uh, just to keep this game related. Apparently, there is a companion video game. I, I have just googled it. Uh, Kung One- Fury. For Kung Fury, Kung Fury Street Rage, available on PSN for PlayStation 4. It's available on Google Play, the App Store, Windows Store, and Steam, apparently. Oh, I'll be uh, going on PSN tonight. A Commodore 64 version was also produced in a limited edition of 200 cassette tapes for promotional oh. purposes. Oh, I'd oh, now kill for that. All right, I'm, I'm going to find eBay now. Oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Have this movie's babies. Oh, look. 
Yeah, I, I, I would love you both to watch it, Simon. I'd love your thoughts on it as... Um, well, Ben, are you a child of the 80s as well? I've never asked your age. You don't have to be um, a little bit younger. Well, I was, I was born in the 80s, so I'll put it that way. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> as, as a child of the 80s, like Simon and I were, it's just, you can't, yeah, can't get enough of it. It's great. Uh, so No Man's Sky, Ben, release date announced as mid-2016. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how many other people have this on their radar, but this game... It just looks damn impressive. Um, if you know anything about it, it was made by a small team originally of four. I don't know if they've hired any extra guys. Um, sorry? They're up to ten. Up to ten. So ten guys have made this game. This very, very ambitious game. Um, I think they're based out of Europe somewhere. But, uh, yeah, uh, at uh, Paris Games Week, on part of the uh, Sony conference, uh, they announced a release date window of June 2016, so probably see it just after E3, I imagine. Um, and, yeah, uh, console exclusive on PlayStation 4 and also available on Steam, I believe. Very cool. Um, and, yeah, if you want to know more about No Man's Sky, uh, there's plenty of videos out there now. Um, it's too big for me to explain. Um, yeah. It's one of those games. It's a very ambitious project, uh, much like Star Citizen, which we've talked about previously. But this one just seems to be, to me, uh, something that's going to be very similar to, say, a Minecraft or any of those sort of big hit games where imagination and exploration are just going to drive people wild. I don't know how much I'll get into the game, but just the impressiveness and the scale of the project and how it's being completed by, like we said, 10 guys is incredibly impressive. So um, definitely uh, jump online, check that out. Uh, Best video, I'll actually put a link for the show notes. Um, There's a video of uh, them demoing it on Stephen Colbert's show. Cool. So I'll, I'll forward that to you, David. I'm not that impressed with 10 guys. I mean, look at the impressive damn effort that's done with three guys tonight. Oh, geez. Uh, well. <laughs> All right, so we're going to call it quits on that high note, I reckon. It's the worst segue ever. Yeah, mm. that's what I'm here for. So, I, yeah, I think we definitely have a show. Um, I've already covered the contact stuff for the competition, so I'll actually skip over that. I'll, I'll live on the edge there for a while, although I will talk about Twitter handles, so... As I mentioned, my handle is the Oceanic Gamer. Simon tweets under RPG Beats RL, and Ben tweets under the Spawny S P A W N Y thirteen one three. And oh, see you updated show notes and right. live streams on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash the Spawny thirteen. Um, you'll find previous episodes of the show on iTunes uh, and well, the last fifty actually, and we're also on Stitcher. So, yes, anything from you two boys before we call it quits? No. No. Uh, Star Wars is a little over a month away. Yes. Um, And Harrison Ford's interview with Jimmy Kimmel two nights ago is really funny. Worth a look. It's on YouTube. Uh, So thanks very much for listening. And, uh, yes, have a great week. And remember, if you're Pug Wipes, it's probably because one of us was in it, except Ben. Bye. Bye.
the ability to speak does not make one intelligent.